Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham, that's excellent. Jude Bellingham, this is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent! Rina, brilliant from the American. Just like that. Best of clearances! Oh, what a volley! Matt Hummels! Grant in for Holland! Like he's never been away! The man in front of goal who is simply deadly! Hey, welcome to another episode of the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake. Carver is with me. I'm not doing it on my own. Thank goodness again. Happy to be here. Happy 2022. Yeah, we got a new year. We got a new Dortmund. Not really. Yeah. No new players or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's time. Doesn't look uh, likely we're going to get anyone new in. But basically a new team if, if everyone comes back healthy, which yeah. is the, the plan. So uh, looking ahead to uh, second half of the season. Um, had a few weeks off for the winter break. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, how was your winter break? Pretty solid. We, we had a few, couple weeks off too. Week and a half maybe. Yeah, I had a few days. I had a birthday right at the end of December. Oh, so. what? Happy birthday, man. Oh, I'm sorry. You. No, you're... <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So that was nice. Much needed. Just like I would imagine the team was a much needed break. But yeah, happy to reflect on the year and uh, look forward to the rest of the season. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, new year. Let me start fresh and all this stuff. First of all, well, where we live and it's freezing outside. I think it's so hard to start new and fresh when it's free. So cold outside. Props to anyone who has like a, I want to get into fitness and start yeah. a new year's resolution where I go to the gym at 5am. Cause that sounds miserable. So props <laughs> to anyone who's doing that. Um, but you are actually like new year, new Carver, new job, just started a new job literally this week, which is cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to, uh, have new beginnings and start this new job. So, and, and also it's pretty wild that we had such a warm Christmas Eve yeah. for the people that weren't around Missouri. It was literally 70 degrees on Christmas Eve. Pretty so it was very nice, but at the same time, terrifying. Yeah, but then the week after we got hit with just freezing, gloomy yeah. weather, I, I was off the whole week uh, between Christmas and New Year's, and every morning waking up, and it's just like dark and cloudy, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I just want it to, I, I just want it to look, not, I just want some nice looking weather. No, not uh, now I, winter's here. Now, yeah, but then this Monday, I woke up, like Monday, wake up, get ready for work, and it's like sunny and bright. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is like, because I need some sunshine going back into work. Yeah. But I definitely wanted it while I was on vacation. Where'd you go for vacation or just back oh, home? Oh, no. I was just, uh, I mean, Kansas for Christmas. Okay, uh, back home to Kansas for Christmas. And then I just had my whole week off here in St. Louis and literally did nothing. Like, it's nice. And it was great. <laughs> I, but I was like, I wish I would have done more fun things, mm-hmm. like got out of the house more and, and did some things, but I literally didn't do anything. I watched soccer, but. No harm, no foul on that. <laughs> but yeah, enough, enough about uh, us, and let's we'll get on to Dortmund. I know the uh, last episode we did, we I mean we kind of recapped the season. We slightly looked ahead to uh, what what we're looking forward to and and how the rest of this how we think the rest of the season is going to go. But we're going to really just dive in deep. Um, we're going to reflect on twenty one overall. Mm-hmm. Um, some some big accomplishments and, and big things for the club that happen over the year. Uh, we're also going to um, talk about like player, like standout players and most improved and, and that kind of stuff uh, from the first half of the season, uh, what we've been seeing and just our opinion, how we feel about uh, the team. And then we will be, uh, and we're going to dive into some stats too, that kind of, I think shows 
maybe why we haven't been performing great, even though we're, we are in second. Mm-hmm. We're a bit behind uh, Bayern. And uh, I, I think the stats are pretty telling to that. So we're going to get into those. And then, of course, more looking forward. To the Frankfurt game. To Frankfurt yeah. and uh, everything to come. Yeah, even though 2021 ended on an absolute dud, I, I know last time we were here, we were talking about the last few fixtures that were supposed to be arguably the easiest span of games that we have the whole season, and we completely bottled all of those. But as I was writing things down for the year as a whole, it looked like there was a lot of great moments, moments that made history. So I thought we could reflect on a few, starting with obviously winning the Pokal in uh, mm-hmm. the spring. First major trophy since 2017 under Tuchel. For those who are, I guess, new to Dortmund, we're not strangers to winning trophies, but at the same time, we haven't won as much in the last few years. Yeah. So that was huge, and let alone against Leipzig, which was nice. Mm-hmm. A team with absolutely no history and lacks any sort of, I want to say identity, since they're such a new team. So it was... It was nice to beat such a what seems like hated team in Europe. Yeah, I was going. I mean, going into that game specifically, like the championship, I was pretty nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, Leipzig had had a pretty great year. Mm-hmm. Right? They were doing pretty great, pretty well. Um, they were under Nagelsmann still. Yeah, and yeah, going into that, I I was not expecting that win. Um, really, it was a it was a great. I mean, I think to how what we, was it like four one or something. I think, yeah, something that, like that. That's what I wasn't expecting. I was mm-hmm. hoping for the win. I was nervous. I thought it was going to be a closer game than that. So that was that was fantastic. Yeah, we really <laughs> pulled away throughout the game. I mean, ever since even the first few minutes, it just looked like we kept fully you know, pulling more and more away from them as the game went on, which was was great for the nerves at the very yeah. least. So, um, yeah, that that's the first goal from Sancho was just sublime. It was almost like a cool send-off for him. I know he had a, mm. I think it was at least one league game after that Pokal game, but it was cool to see since a lot of us were thinking that he was going to leave in the summer. It was a cool little send-off for him to not only score one of the goals that sent us to be champions, but to see him lift the trophy and everything was really cool as well. Yeah. Especially with the, like, he had a slower start of the season last year. So. Oh, I know. And I know. Came out firing, so that was that was great. First trophy since 2017. Mm-hmm. I am one of the new newer Dortmund fans too, so that was my first like Dortmund yeah, trophy. Yeah, really, yeah. Um, I'll th- I have no shame in saying I, I haven't been a Dortmund supporter so long. But again, that's why we're doing this podcast because us as Americans, like, who knows when you're going to come in? And yeah. obviously, I've said it multiple times just because I want to reiterate like why I felt so strongly to do this podcast. Like, yeah. we don't have the history, we don't grow up with it. So I, I just want anyone else to be able to jump in and feel like they have a community and feel like it, it's something they're they're I tied agree. to yeah so my yeah. first trophy which is cool watch um for everyone in in germany who didn't go to go to the, go to the game or the games mm-hmm. last season it, it's a big bummer to not be able to see that moment but i know i know that that was i don't want to say depressing but it was a little sad to see there was no fans there to celebrate with them but yeah still what a moment i was so hyped whenever they were lifting that trophy i specifically remember in 2017 we beat frankfurt in the final for the pokal in 2017 and uh, I think it was Royce was lifting the trophy and like he started to lift it and like, and they're going, Oh, and the second he bent down, my TV froze. And I was like, <laughs> I just waited for a few seconds. And I was like, it'll come back on. And like a solid minute went by and I'm like, am I seriously missing them lifting the trophy right now? <laughs> like, Hey, uh, you know, hurry up, hurry up, man. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you, did you go to, 
Did you watch that championship at, like at home or at Amsterdam? I was at work, actually. I just took a very long lunch and caught the first, <laughs> I know it was at least the first half, and then I tried to catch the very end of the game as well. But, yeah, it was it was a little bit of a time crunch being at work, yeah. unfortunately. But was, still. Was it a midweek? Is that a midweek game? I think so. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Yeah. Come on, championships Saturdays. Come on. I know. Uh, okay, next one. Advancing uh, to the Champions League quarterfinals last season for the first time in four years. I didn't realize it had been that mm-hmm. long. Uh, yeah, we're usually a team that makes that of the group stage and then gets knocked out for the first round going in t- or leaving the group stage. So it was cool to see how far we could have went. And I'll say this to the day I die, I think we could and should have knocked out City. I know like the second we drew them, everyone was looking at Pep and thinking he was going to overthink yet again another team in the Champions League like he did against Lyon and a handful of other teams that are escaping my mind at the moment. Well, he did it in the final. Against yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> so I felt, I felt, even though it's obviously Man City, I was feeling a little confident because of that reason. I thought he was going to overthink, and I think he did to an extent. And I think we just had a lot of luck against us. I mean, I, it's really sucked that we didn't have Sancho for either of the legs and obviously the Jude Bellingham abysmal call whenever he did you did you see that game by chance the first leg against City when we were at City I don't remember specifics Mm -hmm. I don't it was it was it was a back pass to Ederson if I'm not wrong and Jude it was just Jude and Ederson and the referee thought Jude fouled Ederson so they called it back but he had a tap in and scored and that would have changed the whole dynamic of the whole um, two-legged tie because yeah. we're at City and we already scored a goal early in the game. Yeah. So that that just sent me to the shadow realm. I was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was at work for that one as well, and I was <laughs> throw, throw the laptop. Oh, unreal that call, but yeah, I've, overall very successful Champions League season. Yeah. Sucks that it followed up this year with a pretty. I know we're, we're going to talk yeah. about uh, we're talking about the great stuff from the year and in the same year mm-hmm. we have a, mm-hmm. uh, we fall out of the Champions League. Yeah. So advance to the quarterfinals first time in four years winning a major trophy the first time in uh, four years as well. Two big major accomplishments in one year and we have a handful of others. Obviously the fa- farewell to Peace Check when he left us. He was here for I think it was 11 years at least 10 years. So seeing him sprint at a unbelievable pace at 36 or 37 years old. I was saying for like the last year and a half that we should have been starting him at right back. And it's, I know Favre didn't really fancy him, but man, that last few months that he was with us and he was starting and he was just, again, proving everyone wrong on the staff. that He deserved a starting spot, even though he was 36 years old, man had strength, intelligence. Uh, he had a good football IQ. He was technically pretty impressive in my opinion for being you know a relatively bigger guy um so really cool to see the send-off that peace check had and the uh the choreo and the stands and everything i know that we didn't have fans at the time but the big farewell send off to him which is really nice yeah um oh what was i gonna, what was I gonna get at i don't remember what i was gonna get at with that uh, he <laughs> is now a player manager at his, one of his boyhood clubs. And I could not tell you what the name of that is. I don't even think <laughs> I, I saw an interview with Marco Royce and he said he can't even pronounce it, even though he's checked, told him like a handful of times where he's going. That's cool. I, I like seeing that. I mean, those kind of stories are the players who go back and, and do that kind of stuff is always yeah. really cool. Yeah. If it works out. Yeah. If it works out. 
Yeah, it was like the second or third division in Poland, so I can't imagine, or I would imagine he's probably giving them a great deal of confidence and uh, talent for that team. Yeah. So, I, Okay, I remember what I was going to say, so mm. I, I apologize. I'm going to backtrack go. a little bit. But you just said like how his pace and like how much uh how how much he gave when he was on mm-hmm. the field and playing mm-hmm. forward. when we get mm-hmm. when we do talk about the stats later i think that's something we see it's like we're almost missing some oh of yeah that drive yeah. especially at a time whenever we were really just trying to find any sort of decent half decent right back i know we kept going back between like moray who was pretty abysmal at the time i know he really turned his career around with us and then also the first season with Mounier. I mean, we just kept looking at them too, like, Jesus Christ, we do not have a right back at all. And I, I had like one of the friend of mine in the St. Louis Dortmund fan club and both of, the, both of us were like, why don't we play peace check? And again, just the last few months when he was finally playing, he was proving everyone else wrong. So yeah, that send off to peace check was nice. A few more here, obviously uh, the women's team being formed for Dortmund and winning their first game was huge. I know that was in talks for forming a women's team for I want to say well over a decade. So that was incredible to see Hummels. And I think Schmelzer went to the uh, opener for the Dortmund game for the women's team. So obviously showing their support solidarity. Very cool to see. I would love to get a little, uh, like a women's update. If, Mm -hmm. Hey, if anyone listening goes, is a big supporter of the women's team. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't even know if we can really watch them. I don't know if we can get those. Not that I'm aware of, but I do shout out to, we've had some like listeners overseas and in Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, so if there's anyone who wants to do a little, uh, little mini women's update i'll gladly throw it in the podcast because i think that'd be so cool yeah and if there's a, a way we can find out how to watch those games would be awesome too and i, I love how um we're seeing i almost said the women's premier league which is kind of what it is but this what's yeah, the yeah. super league I think, it's called, I think it's called the super league yeah. super league like we can get the we're starting to get those games more mm-hmm. in america which is cool and then obviously uh, the women's uh pro league it's the it's the for for the United States, the United States, it's not. Oh. Is it the super? It's also something like a super, or it's like the I think women's. It's an, oh yeah, I couldn't tell you. I don't want to be wrong. WPSL or something. Mm-hmm. Women's Professional Soccer League. Mm-hmm. It's very confusing with the WPSL and WSL. Mm-hmm. And anyways, yeah. If uh, if the, someone listening wants to do a Dortmund women's mini update throughout an episode, I'm in for it. I I would love to get that going. Yeah, that'd be huge. Obviously, it was huge to have them finally formed and get going, get a dub on their first game. Cool to see. Uh, the second uh, team for Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund 2, promoted to the third division in Germany. Also really cool. This season, I think they're 9-8 and eight right now at uh, this time of recording. But at least like we're staying in the division. I mean, if, that, if this is a division that we can at least semi-compete in and stay in for a while, that's pretty huge. Yeah. And, and you know, also considering that we could just keep bouncing players back between our team yeah. and the second team and getting decent competition. So yeah, there there's been a lot of, or I've seen a lot of updates and scores for the I think it's the U19s, and it seems mm-hmm. like we have uh, some young guys who are doing mm-hmm. crazy good things. And part of me is like, well, bring them up because we're yeah. clearly missing some people. But also, I mean, Dortmund's already pretty great at at developing young talent. Yeah, and so it's like if they're not jumping in immediately, then maybe there's a reason why. But yeah, yeah, and again, we've had people fluctuating, even like leaving our senior squad and going back. I know Zagadou had a few games with the U19 or at least the second team because he was lacking a little bit of fitness, but players like Tigas and Mukoko, just to name a few in the last like 12 months have been coming from that team to the senior team, which is cool to see. And then lastly, Marco Royce on today, January 4th marks 10 years at Borussia Dortmund, which is wild. Yeah. 
Very cool and to see. Still killing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the big reasons that I fell in love with Dortmund at the time ten years ago. And just seeing him, I remember he was he was just carving up the Madrid defense when we made our Champions League run uh, to Wembley in that season. Mm-hmm. Just an incredible sight to see. He's such an incredible player. And cool to see that he marked 10 years with us, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Shows a lot of loyalty, even though he had a lot of bumpy moments on the road along mm-hmm. the way, too. All right, so uh, we're gonna. that's kind of our, our reflecting on the year. Mm-hmm. Some really good stuff in there. Yeah. I know, I, know, I, I mean, obviously there's some great stuff in there, but it's kind of hard to list off some of that stuff in, in comparison because it's like, yeah, 21 was great even though we just experienced some not so great stuff this yeah. half the season. Yeah, I was just about to say, but, I, know, I know it ended in a dud, but... No, it, it's I, great I, to a, point a very, out there's a lot of... Yeah, very solid stuff. year to look back on, despite the few pretty horrible games in December, so... So, uh, moving on, we're going to get into kind of our, our player... Superlatives, I guess, for this year. Yeah, good, yeah, good sure. Our, the BVB Podcast Awards, kind yeah. of. Uh, we need to get some trophies made <laughs> coming out of your pocket. <laughs> we'll just... Mail it over to them, and then they'll like come back and be like, "Wait, do you guys have copyright? Yeah, infringement on BVB. You guys they are probably, going to jail. They probably have BVB copywritten. So oh yeah, we're probably screwed. Yeah. We're yeah, not so, making money off this, so it's okay for now. Once we start making money, then they'll sue us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, whoo, voice yeah. cracking. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> we, we it took some time off. I'm, I'm still getting warmed up. So uh, we'll start with most improved this year. I had Julian Brandt. Did, and and I know you said you agree to me on a lot of these things, but I assume you agree to me on this one as well. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty easy to just. I mean, we said before that we huge Brant fans, Brant Brant boys, Brant boys. <laughs> that can be the new podcast yeah. name when we get sued. We'll be <laughs> the, the Brant boys. boys. <laughs> Got the uh, two Bs at least. Yeah, I I, I just looking from last year to this mm-hmm. se- last season to this season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, drastically different, and he seems to be one of our most important players. Always creating opportunities. Yeah. I think it's hard to, yeah, yeah. It's hard to drop him at the moment, and I know I mentioned on last episode, but, man, it was getting exhausting defending him all through the first, like, six months of this year. Um, he He's created already uh, almost as many chances as he had that last season from this season comparatively. He started or just played two full 90 minute games from late January of last year now till May. So that's six months of not playing a lot of football goes to show you again, how much a lot of, I think, yeah, Favre and Terzic did not really fancy him at the time. I think there was a number of different issues that, you know, were factors in that uh, sense, but yeah, complete turnaround with these past four or five months in this season, man, incredible player. Yeah. So he's our most improved Brent, Brent boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're going to move on to favorite goals of the year. Um, again, Carver put together all these and cause he's executive produced this episode and just sent me the <laughs> list of everything. He's like, here's everything. I was like, well, you were, more, yeah, you were more than welcome to put yours too, but I was just looking well, back. I know, on once some I read through, I was like, no, all these are great and I'm not going to disagree <laughs> at all. So we're not going to have much back and forth. We're just going to yeah. be praising everything. So yeah. there I, was, there was, a, there was, I, I have four written here. I started off with three, and then I was like, oh, man, there was four <laughs> the, of the goals that I really, really liked. And even then, there was more than that. But I was like, I, at that point, when you're listing like seven or eight, it's like, all right. <laughs> like all the I goals. I guess we'll get it on top ten, but I didn't want to <laughs> take up that much time. But at number four, I have uh, Rafa's 
half volley against Union Berlin. That was just a few months ago. Uh, that was when we were at home, and I think it was in the 10th minute, on the left corner of the box. It just, it, I think it, it was just like a little bit of a deflection, kind of bouncing between two or three of our players, or one or two of our players, and one or two of their players. And it fell right to Rafa's feet. And I remember I was at the dam watching the game with uh, the guys. And for some reason, like they were all like turned around for a second talking and I was the only one watching. And like the second it fell to Rafa's feet and he was on that side of the field, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be top titty. (laughs) (laughs) And he made contact. And right when I went in, I was like, are you kidding me, man? (laughs) Such a good goal. He's got just like this venomous strike to him whenever he is able to get it on his left foot at the right time. He's a deadly left back or he's deadly for a left back. I mean, any goal. I think any goal coming from a like a wing back or a left back mm-hmm. or a right back. It's just like, and he's got the classic so Guerrero slide too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. number three, you had Royce uh, against Bayern in the Super Cup. Yeah, that was this year as well. Um, yeah, in the fall, and I think it was Bellingham that set him up, if I'm not wrong. And man, I, I know Royce has a bunch of different variety of goals throughout his career. You could see there's so many screenshots of like when he makes contact with the ball and he's got that stance in him. He's got such a unique technique to his striking ability. It's really fascinating. I mean, I guarantee you could pull up pictures. Whoever's listening could pull up plenty of pictures too. But like he puts his like after he strikes, he puts his right foot like just barely over his left and kind of just has this like interesting stance. But it just it gives him the ability to have these incredible shots. So again, also top titty and (laughs) (laughs) against Bayern, no less at home. That was an awesome goal to see from the skipper himself. So I um, put that one at number three. Just on the note against Bayern, mm. if 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 the Bayern game went better, this last time I would say Brandt yeah. in like the fifth minute against yeah, Bayern yeah. Would, would be up there. But but yeah. considering how the game went, I was like, oh, yeah, falls a little short. Yeah. Uh, so that one was an incredible goal. I had that number three. Number two was Jude Bellingham against Bielefeld. And that was just a few months ago as well, whenever he single-handedly took on like seven of them. I think... Oh, my God. I think that's one of the... In the intro where I have all the yeah, guys yeah, screaming, huh? I think that's one of them because he I just says... I didn't want to interrupt that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just... He says Bellingham like five times, so I'm pretty sure... Mm-hmm. I don't remember when I was pulling it, but I'm pretty sure it was that one. So That was... You know, I don't want to undercut the guy, but that was kind of messy-esque, man. I mean, he had... He took on like five of their players. And then at the end, to chip it with your left and just like dink it over the keeper... Again, I, I just wouldn't expect you to have that in his arsenal, and I'm not trying to downplay the guy, but man. I mean, he's 18, and just the, like, 18 the composure. Now, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, but, crazy. I mean, I just, you don't expect that from a box-to-box midfielder. I mean, he, he looked just like an incredible attacker there. It's something I just, yeah. I just didn't expect from him. And I saw that one live, and again, I was just like, Jesus Christ, he's, <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> All right, number one. You going or me? Okay. <laughs> uh, I would imagine a lot of people probably already knew this, but it was Holland's scissor kick against Schalke. Sorry, I have to say that live. We could just edit that part out. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think the Dortmund uh, channel even had this as the number one for this year. But did you see that one live by chance? I was watching that game. Mm-hmm. I missed the goal because I don't <laughs> know what I was doing. But I, I mean, I saw the replay. I'm, mm-hmm. I miss so many goals live. Like I watch a ton of soccer live and I just will like, I'm going to go make some coffee. Yeah. yeah. Goal. I'm like, wow. The second you turn around. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that one was just insane. Mm -hmm. Again, Holland is showing uh, Holland doing Holland stuff, (laughs) showing the absolute incredible athleticism that he has for being such a, for being like a semi truck. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, he can, he can jump so high and not just in that scissor kick alone, but just like anytime you see him jump when he celebrates or anything like that, he, the man gets up there. Yeah. Which, have, mm-hmm. Oh, no, continue. continue. I was just say just to have the technical ability as well yeah. to just hit that, just to strike it perfectly. Yeah. Just incredible goal. So on the Holland doing Holland things and jumping up and being a lunatic, mm-hmm. that that is my uh, my Jake's honorable mention mm-hmm. since I didn't really add any or to compete with your goals. I did have an honorable mention for Holland's goal against Wolfsburg recently because mm-hmm. at Wolfsburg, th- yeah, I think it was just the the moment the goal was well he did jump through the air. It was that one where he like kind of like karate mm-hmm. kicked mm-hmm. and the touch on the ball like looks like it's a he terrible makes it look touch, easy. but it was. Just perfect. Like, yeah. just perfect to get it right in the goal. Like, ugh, how he got that touch flying through the air like a ninja was insane. And I just because he was out for a while mm-hmm. being injured and to mm-hmm. come back, because he subbed on that game maybe in, like, the 80th minute. Mm-hmm. His, like, first touch was a shot on goal, which is yeah, a decent shot on goal. I thought that one was going to go in. Yeah. And if so, I would have been like, oh, my God. And then, like, a few minutes later, we get that. And I think just the, the comeback and mm-hmm. to get such a great goal mm-hmm. was, like, Incredible, and I I just think that one more the uh, obviously the technical ability, but that's just like Holland doing Holland things. But just the timing and like the almost significance, it would have played way more. It would have been way more significant if we he came back and we went on a better run. Unfortunately, we yeah. didn't. But just him coming back and scoring a goal like that was oh, it's still huge, great. and it was yeah. at Wolfsburg too. So and and we were struggling a little bit at the time, if I'm not wrong. And both that goal and the goal, the scissor kick, if I'm not wrong, people put or photoshopped him into the Bundesliga yeah. logo for both uh-huh. of those goals. And it's yeah. like two and within a, two within a matter of months from that dude. Yeah. Just Unreal. Holland, Holland being Holland. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, we, it was like, uh, on the 29th December was his like two year, two year mark. Oh my God. I didn't think about that. I think so. That's insane. Two years of Holland. Mm-hmm. And his, what's his goal goals. He's got 76 and 75, 75 games. Yeah. That's inhuman. <laughs> He's Ill- it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so most underrated player so far this season. I have, yeah, this season instead of this year. And I went with Thomas Mounier. Um, I like the show. Now I know I- I'm on the Dortmund subreddit, and I know there are other players that you definitely could um, label as underrated. But just being, I don't know, just being on the subreddit, I see players. I see people rating players highly like Kobel, like Akanji, like Malin in recent weeks. So I wouldn't consider them underrated. They are definitely rated highly. I'm not saying they're not, but I just don't think they're underrated. Mounier, on the other hand. Well, yeah, I mean, under, it's underappreciated. So yeah, underappreciated. People are yeah. clearly appreciating those other. I mean, we, we all, like, we've given a lot of love to Akanji and mm-hmm. Malin. It's almost, I was thinking about Malin. Um, I don't think he's definitely underrated. It's just so so early, so early for him. Yeah, uh, he started a little slow. Yeah, and definitely. but obviously that's going to be the case because when you have a new guy coming in, it's going to take a little bit to adjust. And now he's like kicking it off, and we're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is great. But this is also what we expected. Yeah, and, or, and we're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobel th- as our number one. Yeah, we hope he's going to be great. So yeah, Munier, I completely agree. Yeah, and and it was nice to see on the subreddit people were praising Malin a lot when he started getting up and going because I was defending him a little bit too in the fall and some people were looking like they were starting to lose hope and I was like I, for me I mean it just depends on the player depends on a lot of situations a lot of factors but for the most part you got to give someone at the very minimum like half a season three three-fourths of a season to really get going 
you know, he's coming into a new league, new country, new language, everything like, I mean, the Bundesliga is not the every, I can't pronounce the Dutch league, but the Dutch league. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a whole different thing. So, I mean, to be able to Aaron produce, yeah, Aaron exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know why that escaped my mind for a second. Okay, you but, can pronounce Pongracic yeah. and I can pronounce hey. Aerodevi. <laughs> now I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so again, Thomas Meunier, um, I already mentioned him a little bit before, last step on the last step, but everything you could think about him, I mean, his decision-making, again, miles better. He looks a lot more focused when he's defending. He's linking up a lot better with our like flair players like Royce, like Brandt. I mean, we mentioned before how already he's had a lot of or a handful of one twos in recent weeks with his on it in uh, in his games. So he looked like he's looking like he's really slotting himself in well with the squad, which is nice to see. Oh, also in his crossing ability, I know I mentioned mm-hmm. that last time too. But yeah. he's got I think three hit assists this season mm-hmm. alone. So yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It's yeah. not bad at all. So I have him as my most underrated player this yeah. season. Definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, just watching. He's a player, like, if you keep an eye on him, I think you can over... That, I mean, that's what this is about. It's like, you could overlook him and mm-hmm. overlook what he's doing, but if you keep an eye on him during a game, I think some people might be surprised. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, moving on to MVP. Now, mm-hmm. I think you had you put one answer and then so you changed it, yeah. but I think there's there's like an obvious one and then there's like... So, yeah, <laughs> I, so I had I had one answer for a long time and then I just switched it recently just because... I mean, I, I could get into it, but anyway... I have Holland as our MVP. Yep. Shocker. <laughs> 13 goals in 11 games this season alone. He's recreated the Bundesliga twice in a year. <laughs> I mean, again, he's a semi-truck that can do like half backflips, which is insane. He's our most valuable player. But very, very, very second close shout or an honorable mention and for the longest time I had as our MVP is Jude Bellingham. And that's just because, and I know it's a hot take, but I mean, I mean, man, he, he is such a valuable asset to having in the middle of the park. I mean, we had, and I know it's only one game, but we had Holland against Berlin and we were hurting for Bellingham. Yeah. Was that the, was that the final game? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The year. That was the one. And he was out cause we both forgot he was going to be suspended and that yeah. was Rough, it was brutal. Rough without him. It was yeah. brutal. I mean, he for being 18, I know we keep mentioning how young the man is, but man, for being 18 and the mentality that he has and the tenacity that he brings, you can go on and on. The technical ability. I mean, he had one of the best goals of the year. His leadership. I mean, he, he leads like he's, you know, in his mid-30s and he's won countless championships. And we don't really have that else. I mean, I know Witzel's a veteran, but I don't think he's near as vocal on the pitch let alone can do half the things that Bellingham can do. So I had, I had Bellingham as a number, a very close number two. Yeah. I, uh, I agree. So <laughs> try not to cough right in the mic. <laughs> so excuse the brief pause. I'll throw a commercial break in there or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> Just random. The world's short um, sad. So that, that's kind of what we have for like recapping and looking mm-hmm. back and, Oh, never mind. I'd say that's the recap. I, I we so moving up, to, moving on to uh, to look ahead to 2022, I wanted mm-hmm. to take another step back and look at specific stats. Um, where I was saying off the mic, like I'm not a guy who really gets into stats, but I was just like, oh, I'll check out some stats, and I was like, ah, this yeah. is pretty telling as to I think how the season's gone. Again, still in second, but it's like we could and we should be doing a lot better. Uh, even look at the, the stats. So 
Um, I'll run through some of these real quick, and then maybe we can kind of hash out what what they mean. Um, so goals, we are sitting in second, which mm-hmm. expected. We have 41 goals on the season, um, but we're significantly behind Bayern Munich. Maybe not. Maybe not. Not a surprise because um, they're sitting at 56 goals. They're in the number one spot. We're at number two at 41. So yeah, that's that's obviously maybe if we can close that gap, that'd be great. Uh, as far as shots. We're in fifth um, with 240. Bayern has 340. So that's, again, a big gap. Us being the second team, us trying to win the title, that's something I think we need to maybe we need to be creating more there. Yeah, um, I know I saw passing on here, mm-hmm. and I should have had this prepared, but my app says we are second for passing behind Bayern. Um, but either way, I know I know it's written on the, on the notes that we're third, but either okay. way... Um, we're still a little bit behind Byron on that, which is, I wouldn't say too concerning because we do have some pretty decent passing yeah. uh, passers on our team. So penalties uh, and scored is we're in first, and that's a little surprising, given I don't think we really get a lot of great calls or, or a lot of great officiating most games. So yeah, yeah, so it's pretty shocking to yeah, see penalties. We have uh, six and scored six. Uh, pass percentage, like like you said, maybe second, maybe third. Um, what what is the per, does it have the actual percentage on there? I have eighty three, eighty three point seven. Okay, I wonder if that's, that's just my app. So I wonder if that's that might be pulling from this. These are Bundesliga specific stats, so that ah. maybe I don't know. Yeah, um, so the okay, these second half stats. These are still teams team stats. I have these separate a little bit because these are the ones where it's like okay, we definitely need to pick up. If we can improve in these areas, mm-hmm. we should be really kicking the second half of the season. So duels won, we're at eleventh, and that's and that's a little shocking considering we have players like Chen and Bellingham. Yeah, and I mean Holland too, but yeah, eleventh. That's pretty you, you, that's pretty wild. Yeah, so duels won eleventh, and uh, Leipzig is actually in first. Bayern's in fifth. So wow. you would want to. So I mean, okay, yeah, Bayern's not top rating there, but they're still winning a lot more than we are so that's something we could definitely need to be improving on aerial duels we're at 16 that's wild i mean well, actually i don't know why i'm that surprised because we're so atrocious at uh set pieces for like the best last seven or eight years so i mean that's not too shocking i guess it's not shocking that we're not great at them but 16th is shocking that's pretty wild yeah. also i mean we're not we're not a short team either I and mean, we have we have some decent height on our team so we got holland we have, Holland, eight we have Hummels, Big Zag, <laughs> Akanji, Mounier is like 6'3", is a right back. When I, know, I know, obviously, height isn't everything in those instances, but, but l- Looking at those, so Ooh. duels and aerial duels, um, specifically, like, those are just stats where it's like, how hard are you trying, like, how much are you giving it? Like, yeah. go into it, like, win it. Yeah, but 16th is that, so I, bad. That, that also has a, I think, it ties into two things. One, our set pieces and being able to defend them. And also, again, our mentality, which going back yeah. on what you just said of, you know, some people don't have the mentality to really throw themselves into a lot of challenges. Obviously, you have to be smart about it. But, yeah, there are some yeah. players that kind of pull their punches almost a little bit when it comes to winning duels. So, yeah. Um, so I'll move through these other ones really quick. Sure. Um, but distance covered, ninth. Mm. Sprints, sixth. Uh, intensive runs, eighth. I'll get into some player specifics I with bet, those. I bet half of those we would be much further down if it weren't for Royce considering the yep. distance that he covers every game and the pressing numbers that he develops. So 
Yeah. As like a team, as a collective, we have, I think we definitely should be getting be- doing better because I would imagine Royce plays a big role in us just making the top 10. Yeah. So, well, my next stat was uh, player specific stats, and I'll go right into intensive runs. Royce is third in the league. Mm. We also have Mounier at 11th and Bellingham at 20th, and that's basically all we have in the top 50. That's pretty interesting for Mounier making 11th there. Also, Again, underappreciated. I'm like, yeah. I think the, the point that Royce is third in like, He's old. I mean, I mean, he, that, he, that's just always what he's been known for I, is just he, producing those pressing numbers, man. I mean, he's a pressing machine. Yeah, and I mean, I don't. I'm not saying like, oh, he he's old. He, I mean, I am saying he's old. But like, <laughs> if you're letting if the old dude is making more intensive runs than you, get on it, man. Like, come on. <laughs> it, I, I, a big part of it comes down to just football IQ, and I know he lost a lot of his pace in the last calendar year, but yeah. Good for him for still producing those numbers at his age. Yeah. So, and then we have shots. Man, Royce is in here a lot. He's just, he's, I don't mean he's old in a bad way. I mean, he's old and he's still killing it is what I mean. He's older. Um, Not old, old. Um, Okay. Shots. Holland is in fifth. Uh, Royce is is in 17th. Bellingham is in 47th. That's also funny that Bellingham made the top 50. Yeah. Considering just, yeah. And he's a center midfielder. I tried to pull all the like, like where we're sitting out with top guys. So it's like you would, kind of want I know we've we've had guys out and we've had some to do a lot of rotating but it's mm-hmm. like you I want to see more guys in that top 50 mm-hmm. um especially our like some wingers and our more attacking guys mm-hmm. um so- La- go ahead. I was just going to say last stat that I would like to uh, mention here is I see you have successful passes here and Akanji's mm-hmm. in third I mean well deserved I think the man has become I know he has still has Akanji moments but the man has become very impressive on the ball. I know he makes these runs sometimes. I know he even made a few against going back. Uh, he made a few against Man City that just, I mean, just no one's expecting center backs to make runs whenever they get the ball so far back in their side of the pitch. But I mean, yeah, he could just make these darting runs and just cut through defenses. So well-deserved. Yeah. Um, quickly, I, I keep saying quickly, but I, I put a lot of stats down here. Mm-hmm. So assist Bellingham's in uh, seventh. Mm-hmm. And then we have Royce, Holland, and Brandt uh, all have four assists. I knew Mounier was right behind that with three. Um, duels one, Bellingham is in fifth, and then Royce is 49th. Again, that's one. It's like I think we, we need to get more guys up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's cool to see uh, Holland has a few. I know mm-hmm. that probably just comes from everyone focusing on him, and he's a vi- also a very solid passer for being you know purely a striker and for his size. Again, good vision for being just a striker. So yeah, with him having the ability to kind of pass it off to one of our other guys like Royce. Cool yeah. to see. Um, cool. And I, I quickly mentioned duels one too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, overall I'll just, we kind of said it while we we're talking about that, mm-hmm. but it's like, I think if we can get, get guys playing a little more intense, get the menta- mentality, mentality up, raise the mentality yeah. for sure. There's definitely room for room, room for improvement overall. So mm-hmm. hopefully we can kick that up. Second half of the season, and we'll, we'll yeah we'll talk back into that. So uh, upcoming, we're back Saturday. Dortmund's back in action uh, Saturday at Frankfurt. Um, kickoff is at eleven thirty Central Time for us, twelve thirty Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are where, where are they sitting at? In, they're in sixth. They're in sixth. They won. Did they? Oh my gosh! I'm like I won. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm once I'm like I'm not in panic mode, but I'm like where are my notes? I type out notes and then I just like can't find them. I'm looking right at him, but I don't know where to start. Oh, you're so good. Let's they, preview Frankfurt. <laughs> they won their last three, 
they're they're a pretty terrifying team at the moment, given as I mean, also, you know, I, I know I just talked about Mounier, but we're still lacking on our right side and they are very dangerous on their left side. You know, they have players like Caustic, who's producing numbers like crazy this season. And they have I forget oh, Kamada or Kamada, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he's been producing pretty decent numbers for Frankfurt on the left as well. So definitely going to have to keep an eye on that flank going into this game. But they've only beaten us once since 2016. And we beat them in the reverse fixture 5-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a way. So, I mean, it, it could be a little more difficult. Yeah. Um, I, the big thing, we I mean, we've talked about it, like who is going to be back and who's all completely healthy? It's kind of up in the air. I try to find if there's like... I did. I did some research too. I I, I saw on the subreddit that there's going to be more details released in the next day or two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some players are definitely still up in the air of if they're going to play or not. So I obviously Kanji's out. Mm-hmm. Um, we just saw today that uh, Wolf uh, is Wolf, out with COVID, yep. and Zagadou's also out with also COVID. Out with COVID. Um, I imagine Reyna is out still. Probably yeah, for another week or two. But I saw he's definitely in full training. training. Yeah, because yeah, they got back to training yesterday. They posted a, a video so he could kind of see who's out there and he was out there um yeah i don't know if he's going to be ready to go who like who who do you do you have like a pre- predicted lineup or how do you think we'll set up with with those we again we could have more injuries or more mm-hmm. outs but with, with mm-hmm. what we're looking at oh last thing i forgot to mention as well is even though frankfurt look like a dangerous team right now i know they're still trying to rebuild their attack from last season because they had andre silver who went to leipzig but yeah, again, just keep an eye on that left flank. I feel like that's going to be a lot where their attacks are coming from. So I have, for predicted lineup, the 4-3-1-2. I think we've been rocking that a, a decent amount lately. Just depends on, again, injuries and everything like that. Starting off with Koble, depending on his health status, I read online that he had some sort of bug or virus in late December. It wasn't COVID, but it was some sort of virus. So I don't know if he's back to fully fit or not. I mean, have you heard anything about him? There's other COVID. Other viruses out yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, God. You're telling me there's another? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I've never been sick in my entire life before 2020. I uh, He was training. I saw him in okay, the training cool. video, so I think he'll be good to go. Good. Well, that's good at least. Yeah. Um, then I have Guerrero, Ongracic, Hummels, and Munier for our back four. Not bad. I'd love to have a Kanji back, but mm-hmm. alas, I would definitely not want to have Witzel in the back again. <laughs> I mean, even even if he was like, you know, still pretty decent, could you imagine a center back pairing of Hummels and Witzel? That sounds so immobile. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, their pace together would be like twenty on FIFA. I feel like. <laughs> um, so having bon- uh, Pongracic there would add some pace, which would be nice. Uh, having Guerrero back is going to be really nice as well. So I have that as a back four, and our three in the midfield. I have Bellingham, Dehoud, and Brandt. That's just again predictions, but. I went back and forth because I was like, I mean, Brent kind of seems like, I don't want to say undroppable at the moment, but close to it. Mm-hmm. You have Dahoud, who's very vital for breaking pressing lanes, for breaking down defenses in general. I know Frankfurt's, if I'm not wrong, not much of a defensive team anyway, but I think Dahoud's going to be starting, and then Bellingham, of course. But I was just going back and forth between those three and possibly putting Chan somewhere in there for a little bit more defensive stability and structure, but uh, that's up to Rosa. I don't. I don't that's just the uh, front three I'm going for. Mm. And then Royce in the hole, and then Malin, Malin, and Holland up top. Yeah, uh, I I was 
working on last night. I, I was trying to think of like what I want to see kind of overall, like if we can get a little more consistent mm-hmm. lineup and if everyone's healthy, like what, what that looks like. And I was doing a little like lineup prediction creator thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. I could not, I had too many options. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And it when was we like, have a full squad, we have, I mean, and that's a good problem to have yeah. for a manager, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I kind of agree. Like Dehoud is in there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's my go-to choice there. Back four, obviously, I would rather have, like, if, if everyone is healthy, Akanji mm-hmm. and Hummels, I kind of want to play it. I kind of want to play it back three. I think. Yeah, we could get it. I, I could dig into that. With Zagadu. Yeah, no, I, I, oh, yeah. for sure. I, I've said that under, when this was years ago under Favre, and he eventually did mm-hmm. um, adapt to that system we for a while. played it a couple but, times. Oh, yeah, it, it, a couple it, times. It, was a, it was at least uh, several months or so we went to a back three, but I thought that was deadly with Hummels in the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Role, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with your lineup too. I like Dahoud in there. Mm-hmm. Brand, I, I, one of my big things is like, is what's going to happen when Reina is is fully healthy? Yeah. Like, where's yeah. Brant going to fit in? Or is it, you play three at the top? Who knows? But I, I like that Bellingham, Dahoud, Brant, Royce, Holland, and Mullen. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah, good call. It's 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 a very attack minded team. Yeah. I, I recognize that, but. It just depends on who's all healthy, who's all fit, and who's looking good going into the weekend. So cool. Well, I think that uh, about wraps it up. I know we went a little long. Unless you, oh, you have any, something else? I was just say our, our predictions for the scores. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I still think with this lineup, given our form, and I hope I'm wrong. I think we're gonna have a two-one loss against Frankfurt at Frankfurt. Um, but if we have you know a good amount of our players back. Maybe we see someone uh, like, you know, if Koble's healthy, if we have potentially Reyna coming on as a sub, I feel like we can get a tie or 2 1 us um, on the flip side. What like, do you think? I don't like your negativity. Yeah. <laughs> Always predict a win. <laughs> I'm just trying to be a realist here. <laughs> um, no, I, okay, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling optimistic. I say we get a, we're going to come out firing 3 1. That'd be nice to see. I would, I would say, again, they haven't beaten us. They've only beaten us once since 2016, and we usually perform pretty well against them, relatively speaking. I know we tied them a few times, but I think now I'm trying to talk myself back up. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Well, I was, I was going to show some love to Twitter. Last episode, I said I was going to quit Twitter because all the negativity, but yeah. I put out a poll and mm. said, how are we going to start 2022? And it was 100% votes for a win with a win. Really? So, yeah. Wow. All right, keep it up. The tide turned quickly. Yeah, yeah. Pre-Christmas, everyone wanted to yeah. in themselves. <laughs> they got Dortmund merch for Christmas, and they're like, you know what? I'm actually kind of happy. All right, they cool. Were, they're they're cool again. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, I say 3-1. You say? 3-1. Three, 3-1. One, three, one, three, one. Uh, win? Uh, oh, yeah. 1-3, I guess. Okay. Dortmund wins. 3-1. Okay. Yeah. And uh, g- yeah, game Saturday, 1130 mm-hmm. Central Time. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Carver, I, I mentioned we went a little long because Carver's like, "Hey, I only have like thirty minutes to do an episode, and we've uh, we're right at forty-eight ish." So thanks for staying nice. late, Carver. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be back after this weekend. After this weekend for uh, to talk more Dortmund. So yeah, Sounds Brent good. boys, happy New Year, everyone. Thanks. See you.